New York's Hudson Yards development is well known for good or bad across the urbanism community. In Chicago, America's so-called second city, a plan with a similar name and similar ambitions has been slow to get off the ground since developers bought the land in 2016. So what will become of this mixed-use development on the banks of the Chicago River? You're listening to Tall Stories, a monocle production brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. In this episode, Cornelius McGrath looks at what's next for Chicago's Lincoln Yards. In 2019, the Chicago City Council approved plans for Lincoln Yards. It was framed as a $6 billion community project, focused on office and lab space, and it was to be built by the Windy City's most infamous developer, Sterling Bay. However, five years since the project was announced, and three years since Sterling Bay broke ground, Lincoln Yards still isn't open. In fact, last year in 2023, the project lost its main financial backers with J.P. Morgan Asset Management and Dallas-based Lone Star Funds backing out. There is a real sense that community leaders and politicians are starting to lose patience with this $6 billion mega-development. The question on everyone's minds isn't just what happened to Lincoln Yards, but rather, five years after its inception, whether it still makes sense to the city of Chicago and its residents. When it was first approved in 2019, Lincoln Yards was billed as a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity to reshape more than 50 acres along the north branch of the Chicago River. It would be turned into gleaming apartment and office towers, dotted with green space, concert venues and restaurants. The original master plan called for up to 6,000 residential units and millions of square feet of office space to be constructed. That was on top of numerous public infrastructure projects like new bridges, intersection upgrades, river improvements, and even a new metro station. Under the original framework, those public projects would be paid for up front by Sterling Bay and then reimbursed by the city through the $1.3 billion Cortland and Chicago River Tax Increment Financing District, or TIF. Speaking to local business owners who own and operate businesses in and around Lincoln Yards, there is a clear sense of confusion, almost apathy, surrounding the project today. But now, as property taxes are increasing, with one business owner reporting a 40% jump from 2022 to 2023, there is a real fear owners are paying a premium for a vision that may never materialise and could end up doing more harm than good to their businesses long term. The original vision for Lincoln Yards also seems a little stale in a post-pandemic world defined by virtual work, downsized office spaces and reduced foot traffic and urban cores. It speaks volumes that Sterling Bay still hasn't signed a single tenant to move into its life science building, 1222 West Concord, almost a year after it opened in March 2023. That said, while Lincoln Yards has stalled, other projects in the surrounding area nearby have moved forward, like the Salt Shed Music Venue, the Fleet Fields Football Pitch, and the Horster Point development on Goose Island. Although none of these are nearly as sprawling as Lincoln Yards, they are all notable improvements on what is a cool but somewhat identityless industrial space in America's third largest city. Plus, Sterling Bay has a long-standing reputation and track record for delivering excellence. One cannot underplay the role they've played in single-handedly transforming Chicago into a world-class city. The Fulton Market District has become an example of what neighbourhoods can truly become for cities everywhere, 
and was enough to attract some of the biggest businesses in the world to the city, including Google, who signed a multi-billion dollar lease through 2028, but just announced they were moving to the loop. However, it remains to be seen if that's enough in the eyes of one, Chicago's current politicians, two, its largest financial institutions, and three, the residents of the Windy City. The changing political landscape in Chicago cannot be understated. CEO of Sterling Bay, Andy Glaw, said in a press release last year in Bloomberg that the prior mayor, Laurie Lightfoot, the only Chicago mayor in history to fail to win re-election to a second term, opposed the Lincoln Yards project wholeheartedly and was responsible for its downfall. There are reports the political opposition stemmed from the use of tax credits reserved for more upcoming areas of the city, but were instead used, in Lincoln Yards' case, for development in what is already seen to be a developed and wealthier part of Chicago. Glorin Sterling Bay seem excited by Chicago's new mayor, Brandon Johnson. The words in his opening address suggest he supports large urban projects like Lincoln Yards. But that was almost a year ago, and neither the mayor nor his team have come out with any additional public support for the project since. The sense is that the political baggage here on Lincoln Yards is heavy and is still very much being assessed by the new leader. Should this impasse continue, the intermission on what was supposed to be an era-defining commercial development risks becoming the sort of urban project graveyard that we all hate. Is this merely a Sagrada Familia, never-finished construction moment? Or more of a Berlin-Tegel airport? Let's blow this whole thing up and start all over again. Either way, Chicago may not have the patience to wait years and find out. Sterling Bay leadership told me that they're in the midst of recapitalizing and rebranding the Lincoln Yards project, and that we can expect a formal announcement from them sometime in Q2 of this year. If one thing's clear, it's that nobody, Sterling Bay, the city or its residents, seem to be sure of what to expect here in the future. That said, those who have witnessed firsthand what Sterling Bay has brought to the city are inclined to believe in the developer. But it must be said that this is a very different working, social and urban landscape than it was in 2019 when the project was approved. How cities learn to live with infrastructure decisions often made years or decades ago certainly isn't easy. And modern political leaders, along with their constituent residents, are living term by term and only have so much goodwill and patience to give at the end of the day. While none of us knows Lincoln Yards' future, the time in which nothing can be said or done about the project is running out fast. It's okay to pivot, but every day you go without a financial backer in this corporate real estate environment, where $1.5 trillion of commercial mortgages come due over the next three years, the less attractive you seem, and the more you risk alienating the very people you built this project to serve in the first place. Lincoln Yards could still be an incredible asset to Chicago, and an inspiration for ambitious cities worldwide. But if it doesn't act soon, it risks becoming either forgotten, irrelevant, or worse. An example of exactly what not to do when it comes to modernising a great urban city. Tall Stories is a monocle production from the team behind The Urbanist. This episode was written by Cornelius McGrath and produced and edited by David Stevens. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive new episodes every week. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye, and thank you for listening, city lovers. Listener.